Hi beautiful, hi lovely, hello everybody. It's good to have you here and I'm honored to be in this space once again for another upload. And we say good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night. Welcome back to another episode of Pearl Nugget with Patiate. I am your host, Rachel T. Henry. And around here, we give you life lessons, stories, testimonies, and everything in between as we keep it real with no scripts, just vibe. If you are new here, we say welcome. If you are returning, thank you for returning. I hope you will find something enlightening and impactful while you are here. And will feel free to join the family. We will be happy, more than happy, to welcome you as a part of the tribe. As usual, you can go back and catch up on previous episode if you missed it. And stick around for future ones. I promise you'll not regret it. I hope you find this podcast as calming and relaxing as I find doing it. And you can follow me on IG at Rachel underscore T underscore Henry. And keep up with the podcast at Power Nugget with R-T-H-J-A. Everything you need to know about this episode will be down in the show notes, so be sure to check it out. Have you ever stopped to wonder to think what life is like with a disability? Greetings and salutations, my friend. I am Rochelle T. Henry, and it will be my pleasure to take you down that journey where we will discuss life lessons, stories, testimonies, and everything in between while we keep it real with no scripts, just vibes. So grab your popcorn and come along for the ride. This is Power Nuggets with RTH. So here we go, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Power Nugget with RTH. Today I am speaking with Antonio Myers. He's a. What are you again, Antonio? My name is Antonio Myers. I am the clubhouse moderator of the group called Neurodiversity. And neurodiversity means that. We celebrate the beauty of all brains, and we do not put any disability stigmas to anybody's brain. I am the self-published author of my Amazon book called Autism is My Super Blessing, Volume 1, My Neurodiversity Freedom Narrative. I am a high school valedictorian. I'm a middle school valedictorian. I'm a college graduate. I'm a world traveler. I'm a public speaker. I'm a mentor, and I am a positive influencer and a serial entrepreneur so thank you for having me i appreciate you i love that welcome welcome to this side of my world um we are we are associates from instagram through a mutual connection so and i have come across this story um 
a couple of times. Well, since we connected, and I think it is very much fitting for for my platform, and I'm honored to be given the opportunity to share your story with my audience. So, um, by the way, I like that I like that term, positive influencer. I love that term. So you gave me a new word for my vocabulary. Thank you. Uh, my first question is define the, using the three initials of your name. Describe yourself. A R M arm strength mm -hmm. mobility. I can carry loads with the right people with me. That's what it means to me. And when uh, I think, go ahead. Awesome. You can go ahead. Yes. And I also think about how I have people's lives that are in the palm of my hand, and I should never, ever uh, disrespect the lives that are counting on me to represent neurodiversity and autism well. Wonderful. I'm literally clapping. All right. So tell me a little about childhood and how you grew up. And for the record, you're in the United States of America, right? Yes, I am. Okay. So we are now international folks. Uh, yeah. Tell me a little bit about childhood and how you grew up. As a child, I was diagnosed with pervasive developmental uh, disorder. What that means is they felt like I wasn't talking on time, walking on time. And I would meet with experts with my mother and they were upset that I wasn't talking yet. And I was told not to talk to strangers. And I felt penalized, meaning punished, because I, w I, I was doing what my parents told me to do. And so a year later, in another evaluation, my very first words were stop bullying my friend. That's a complete sentence um, of advocacy because that's how I was born. And then I started speaking regularly a year later. And my diagnosis went from pervasive developmental disorder to high functioning autism because I kept meeting with them for years and years upon years. And there was a lawsuit filed on behalf of my mother with other experts that my mom enlisted, you know, educators and people who were legal education advocates. And they took DC public schools to court because they said, well, we under the Americans with Disabilities Act ADA have the right to appropriate public education. Plus they did not want to pay any money for me to have to go to private special education schools in Montgomery County, Maryland. They wanted me to be put in my neighborhood public schools in DC and DC PS, uh, DC public school systems, they've lost the court case and they had to pay for my private special education until I graduated from high school. And because of that, I was able to be seventh grade secretary, eighth grade president, selling root beer floats from middle school in the, in the sixth grade. I won the Cursive Crown Literacy Award. That means that I was able to read and write in cursive well, and I still do to this day. And 
I was able to type 50 words per minute middle school. I was able to read on a 12th grade reading level as a seventh grade at age 12. And I was able to just be a child prodigy. I was skilled in so many areas and I still am to this day. And um, I was the peacemaker. I broke up fights, I kept people from being disrespectful and the principal and educators would come get me to resolve things. And I had servant leadership skills ever since. That means that I lead by serving. And so that's how my childhood was like. And for the record, what age were you um, diagnosed? I was diagnosed at the age of two then re-diagnosed at the age of four. Two years old was the pervasive developmental disorder, and four years old was the high-functioning autism, Asperger's syndrome. What is Asperger's syndrome? Asperger's syndrome means that even though I'm on autism spectrum, I can hold a conversation and that I can do pretty much what everybody else does in terms of independent living. Um, and Asperger's syndrome has more to do with um, some social skills uh, deficits, um, according to what I was told, uh, and more importantly, I research and emotional cues sometimes hard to get and as well as sometimes process information can be uh, hard um, but I I have uh, my social skills are outstanding my people skills are outstanding and I have a high form of emotional intelligence so that's what it means in a nutshell It is something that I'm really proud of for for having. Um, I do very well with him, you know, being a humanitarian in spite of the Aspergers, um, alongside the Aspergers. So that also what it means to me. Oh. And another thing I want to add is the fact that I was diagnosed with speech and language impairment, but I don't have any speech issues. Um, they thought I would speak slowly and not articulate words, but that's not true. I speak very well. I've won oratorical competitions. And another thing I used to win was uh, public speaking uh, spelling bees when I was in grade school. Uh, I'm very excited about that. Another thing I was labeled with was nonverbal learning disability. 
And nonverbal learning disability simply means that they felt like I wasn't able to read body language well. When I keep saying they, I'm talking about DC public schools experts. But people say read their body language extraordinarily well. And then I was labeled with dyscalculia. Dyscalculia means that they felt like I had a math learning disability. And I didn't have them, and I don't have that because I've always been a straight A student in my math classes. And all these diagnoses happened when I was a toddler, maybe two, three years old, along those lines. So I know what it's like to be misdiagnosed. Um, I do know what it's like to be counted out and not seen well. And so that's what happened to me in a nutshell. And I do understand the power of how diagnosis can make somebody feel. I used to feel as if I was insignificant and I felt as if what I was doing was in vain. But then my mind changed and said that nothing that I do is in vain. So I have completely changed my perspective when I started reading neurodiversity books in college. I stopped feeling like my brain was diseased. I stopped trying to feel like I had to use excessive amounts of dictionary words. So that is exactly um, what occurred to me. And so, um, That's also part of my story as well. Antonia? I'm here. All right, thank you for sharing that. I was speaking on the board as my audio was off. Uh, I was asking what were some of the challenges you encountered while while dealing with this. So repeat that again. I was asking what were some of the challenges you encountered while dealing with this. Oh, how I dealt with all this. Like, how did I cope? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the way I, was, I coped was um, I had a stress ball when I was in school. And I also would uh, meditate, journal my thoughts, and do constructive writing. And uh, at the time, I would give myself positive affirmations too. And um, as a child, I grew up as a Christian, so I would um, declare over my life what I felt God was saying to me at the time. So I had that and just people who were encouraging me. And I had that in school, outside of school. 
And that's how I was able to cope. And I had a praying grandmother, so that happened for me too. Yeah, listen, man. Um, support in any format, but support with especially a child with a disability is super, super important. And it's also important that as what I've realized, as you get older, you should have a tribe that surrounds you because people will go and come, but those who stick with you will stick with you. That is very true. And I now have a chosen family. Chosen families, people become like your family. And so that's what has happened to me. That's been my extra support system too. That's awesome. And it's also important that that people with a disability share and I'm speaking, mind you, I do not have autism. I don't know what life with autism is like, but I have CP. So I do have some level of, um, I would say, awareness about living with a disability as this, this podcast is about, you know, just hearing the stories of, of others. Because I'm living with a disability. Somebody else is living with something else. But we are able to identify on this one thing of having a disability, no matter how a disability affects you. And I encourage people to speak because people want to, people want to hear. Let me put it that way. People want to, they might seem as if they don't hear, but you see, if you be vocal about, if you be vocal about your struggles and your issues, people will support you. I mean, and as I always said to people, the noise, the negative is always louder than the positive. But you see, if you become, you will hear the positives as clear as the negative is. I agree. Yeah, it's, it's, it's important to have a tribe and that tribe may not be the same, the same people, unfortunately, for some of us, it might not be the same tribe from primary school or, or basic school. Cause it, you know, um, a lot of times we as children and something that I've been having to relearn, we have, we as children, we say, oh, best friends for life and whatever. But um, life evolves over time. And you will meet awesome people. And they will pour their love out for you. It's like when you find, when you find those set of people, it's like they had this love bottled up just for you, just waiting to pour it down on you. So I, I can I can to an extent um identify with the chosen family people as you said who are not really biological people but it feels that way because of how they relate to you and they might not even have a disability. But they're the kindest people in the world. 
And thank you for saying these things. These things are true. Yeah. So, tribe is very important. What um what me through a bit of high school and what was it like? I think the question I would like to ask is what was it like being a valedictorian for your graduating class? And which year was this? I stayed before, during, and after school to do extra credit and to complete extra assignments and to study because science and math weren't the easiest classes, but because I would do work with my with my teachers and I would get extra A's, that's how I was able to be the valedictorian. I remember I won the English award in ninth grade, meaning I was the best student in English class in ninth grade and 12th grade I won the chemistry award and that is not easy to win because chemistry has equations and it's algebraic in nature. So what I chose to do was say, you know what? Instead of goofing off and slacking off, I'm gonna do what's uncomfortable. And because I did that, I was the best student in my chemistry class. So I sacrificed a lot of free time. Plus I was so big on going to college. So that's how I was able to do valedictorian. Awesome. And were you the first person with a disability to be the valedictorian for your school? Uh, no, I, but I'm proud to be in that long list. Oh, okay. Um, so your yeah, school is accommodating for both able body and um, children with a disability. Uh, every school I went to was a private special education school. Oh, awesome! So you were you were exposed to children with a disability from an early age. Yes, absolutely. Myself too. I was like for my for my um my basic school, it was it was a mixture of um it was a private institution for persons with disabilities. Um but my high school and primary school is a mixture of of both. So I had the I had the privilege of dealing with with both from the strictly um, differently abled or disabled um, from infant and then primary and high, you had a mixture. So while we were seeing things that able-bodied children were able to do, able-bodied children were also um, learning from us and you know, it was just a nice, a nice mixture of a nice experience and a nice mixture of both worlds coming together. So we were able to, we were able to um, relate to each other, even though we are called from different circumstances. So that was nice. And I'm glad you had those type of experiences and that they shaped you well. It really did. 
it really did. It was it was a it was a blessing, and it still is. Um, because we well, most of my friends from high school probably not bit infant and and primary, but high school. Most of my friends from high school, we are still we still have that connection, still keep the link. So, yeah. Um, that's awesome. It really is. Yeah. What? What really? What keeps you going as a person with a disability? What keeps you going? What keeps me going is the fact that I have a purpose for autism and neurodiversity, for diagnosis, mislabels, uh, uh, autism spectrum families in general, uh, for children, for women, for men, for people who are not binary, for LGBTQ plus people, for black news people of color, anybody who's been oppressed, um, just for you know, wanting to help create positive households and uh, wholesome families. And what keeps me going is my chosen family, my optimism, and the fact that I created a clubhouse house called Compassionate Cosmos. It's for people who've been shunned by life or outcasts, if you will. And I do rooms there to help um, boost people's uh, emotional states of mind. And so those are some things that keep me going. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, tell me a little bit about your book that you wrote. Autism is my super blessing, volume one, my neurodiversity freedom narrative. It's basically about the fact that I overcame a disastrous home I, I overcame a um calamitous family and uh, racism and mental health issues uh ableism and how i'm able to still be a bubbly personality who is with business acumen and I'm able to have a high, high, high degree of intellect. So that's what I talk about in the book. Cool, really interesting. Um, so I know that you have a podcast. Yes. Tony Time Daily and I realized that you you have you really stood up to the name as in you have an episode every single day because I was going through it and to get to the bottom I had to go all the way down and I was like she is because I because I want I wanted to I wanted to get a hang of of what it was about and then right. to get to episode one i had to go all the way down so <laughs> i 
I really enjoy the fact that you um do podcasting like every day. Um, why did you start start that podcast? What's the inspiration behind it? Inspiration for me behind it is that I have a what is called a wealth of wisdom, or some would say a wealth of knowledge, and you can be on the spectrum and provide insightfulness as well as the fearlessness to tackle hard to converse on subjects, but do it with tactfulness and as and respectfulness. So that's what it's all about for a mature adult audience. Yeah, I realized that. Um, so in essence, it is a verbal journal for you. Yes, it is. And I've been doing it for almost three years. And it's on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Overcast as well. And Anchor. Yes, that's where I, it, it, it freely distributes my podcast for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about, well, no. So, I won't go there. So, what has doing this podcast done for you? And how have you seen growth? It's a form of art therapy because I get to put musical tracks behind the content of my messaging. And I get to speak from my heart and clarify um, what I mean and what I'm saying as I'm thinking and, and as I'm relating to the audience. And um, it has helped me to be more of the living in the present moment of mindfulness. And it has helped me to uh, stay, stabilize my psyche for real. Awesome. So that means it brings you some level of peace. Yes, as well as closure. Yeah, because speaking does help with healing. It does tremendously and seriously. Yeah. And have you, speaking about healing, have you realized how um, your condition has improved as a result of speaking? Yes. Uh, I, I'm physically healthier. I'm mentally healthier, emotionally healthier. Um, I'm internally healthier, and also I have more of a capacity to for community outreach as a result of it. Awesome. So it's a passion project. Yes. And you do it, you do it in a way of advocacy. Mm-hmm speak uh what what do you know 
what your family's reaction was like when they they first found out that you found out that you had autism? At first, they were perplexed. They weren't sure how to handle it, and they enlisted experts' help and. You know, my family, it took them until I was in college for them to, for the rest of my family to figure out on the spectrum because in some families, speaking about diagnosis is not sure how people will be treated. <laughs> and I, I encourage families to say, hey, it's okay to be open about it. And any relative that has a problem with their child being autistic, keep them away from your kids and they uh, compliment me on my intelligence and my brilliance what what was support like for you as a child i know that we touched on how growing up was but what speaking on that or following up on that what was the support like for you Apart from having a praying grandmother, um, I had an individualized education plan, and that means it's a portfolio for how do we help the strengths and weaknesses of each and every child. So I had occupational therapists as well, I had speech therapists, and I had teachers who would educate me individually as well as collectively with other students. I had one on one attention. So that was the biggest support I had. Did any of your family members um, mistreat you because of your disability or bullied you? Uh, yes. My what was brother. that? What was that like, and how did you overcome? Well, my mother's brother abused me and so many ways and um it was pandemonium it was it was hideous and uh, eventually he was put out and i was able to experience trained professional help for many years so that's one of the reasons why i i function so well in life Awesome. And that's even a reason why the podcast, in a, in a sense, helps you to heal old load. Absolutely. And yeah. that's what I, that's my hashtag, heal out loud. Heal out loud. Uh, have you, how is the relationship with your uncle now? Do you guys have a relationship? Not at all. Oh, okay. We haven't been around or spoken to each other in years. Okay, that's fine. Um, some people deal with things differently. Absolutely. Yeah, and we we didn't ask to come. I know that this is this is touchy for some people, but we didn't ask to come here, and you know. Mm-hmm. So That's just, just be the light that you were created to be. Right. 
and watch watch things turn around. Uh what was parental support like? Uh they would uh encourage my voracious reading appetite and they would make sure that I was interviewed by certain schools and they would interview schools, make sure the classroom ratio sizes would come in handy. And I do remember um, the fact that they would uh, just make sure that educationally I was being taught correctly. So that was the primary support parentally. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, what do you do for fun, Antonio? When you're not doing all of this, what do you do for fun? I like to go bowling and dancing. Those are a couple of the many things I like to do. Okay, do you listen to music? Yeah, so I tend to listen to oldies in terms of R&B and funk and disco, uh, house party music, techno music, old school uh, hip hop. Um, that's some of the music I listen to. Okay. What brings you what? What brings you joy? Being kind to others and doing community projects with the right people. That brings me the most joy. The right people. We speak a lot about alignment here on, on this podcast. The right people. Correct. Uh, definitely. Yeah, that's important. And again, it brings me back to the tribe. The tribe mm. will the tribe will grow over time. Yes, that's the truth. I mean primary school friends and basic school friends will leave. Because I mean, everybody's life is not destined to go in the same direction. And some will come back around when they realize that you're doing great things. Yes. And some will be there for you, but just not out loud. Or because they will watch you from the... You know that they're there. Sometimes you don't even know that they're there until you do something big and they come, oh, I'm proud of you, or whatever the case is. Um... So some people support from the back end and and yeah. I know that for some of us with a disability, we want to know that you're there for us. Yeah. So we 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 prefer you um speak out and speak up so that we know that because with a person with disabilities, as much as you might not want to focus much on it, the, the negatives are going to be there. Yes. And that is why I tell people, 
that that is why people with disabilities, for the most part, are so positive, so upbeat, because the negative is there, and you have to find a way to to tune it out. Even sometimes, even your family members will will throw negatives at you, and you it hurts. It hurts from the like using your example, your uncle. You would think that your or you would want to believe that your uncle will be there for you, right? Because he's family. But as I said earlier, a lot of people just don't deal with with things properly, you know? And that's why having conversations like these are vital to me. Because as much as I am interested in in meeting people, I also want to understand you a bit more. So that's that's important. What do you know your love language? Yes. I am into gifts and acts of service. Awesome. Um what is your personality type? I'm an ambivert, meaning that I, oh, I need extrovert, time. extroverted and introverted. Yes, depending on the circumstance, right? Yeah, yeah. And I can understand both worlds. I am, for the most part, uh, primarily I I'm an extrovert, but I also I enjoy my alone time. Most times, if not all the time, I would prefer to be alone, but I am primarily an extrovert. Like being with people and having conversations um, light me up a lot. Like just having this, for instance, just having this conversation with you today, it, it lights me up because I get to 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 meet one of my community members to to speak outside of our normal highs and hellos. It gives us uh, an opportunity to to meet each other on on a one on one basis. And so. I'm really grateful to have had the opportunity to um, grace your podcast with my presence. Yeah. All right. So I think that's it for this episode. Thank you for, thank you for stopping by. Thank you for agreeing. And again, thank you for trusting me with your story. And I am here anytime you, you want me to reach out. Thank you. And same here when it comes to me. Take care, okay? Yes, please. Thank you. Until next time, my friends, 
I am Richard C. Henry, reminding you to let your light so shine before men that they might see your good work and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And remember that somebody loves you.